Hey everybody, this is Chad Jordan. I'm, I'm the Director of Marketing for Digital Services over here at Sport Clips. This is another edition of our Hall of Fame podcast. This is going to be a fun one because we get to interview one of the founders of one of our favorite product lines. In fact, why don't I go ahead and have him introduce himself? Hi everybody, it's Sport Clips. Uh, this is Brian Long, or everybody knows me as Gib from Gibbs Grooming. And it is an honor to be down here and being interviewed on this podcast so that I can talk about not just uh, how I got in this business, but how my relationship has grown through the support of all the people at Sport Clips from the corporate office through everybody in every store and building a brand and giving me and my family a life. Well, one thing I think I'm going to be interested in is how long did it take for you to get sport clips right. I mean, it had to have been sports clips for the first, you know, number of years probably. But now, I mean, you, you, you nailed it every single time you said it, sport clips. Well, I practiced. <laughs> I practiced quite a bit. In the beginning, I kept slipping. And then uh -huh. I was coming up to my first huddle where I'd have to uh, give my first speech yeah. on the stage in front of all those people. And I think I practiced it hundreds of times. Oh. Sport clips, yes. sport clips, yes. sport clips. And it it it, uh, it gets noticed when you yeah. do it correctly. And I got to just tell this quick story, and then we'll get to you. That's who everybody wants to hear from. Uh, we were at the uh, Darlington races this uh, uh, past weekend, and Gordon was there, of course, our, our CEO and founder. And Coach Gibbs comes to the hospitality area to, to talk to everybody and grabs the microphone and he starts talking and uh, a time or two he's slipped up in front of um, a lot of people and called it sports clips and uh, this time I said Gordon was literally right behind him a couple feet behind him and coach Gibbs said sport clips and he nailed it twice he said it twice and I look over to Gordon both times he's smiling from ear to ear he's elbowing the person next to him like yes this guy he's got it you know so it. Yeah. so uh, whenever you say it correctly uh, you know an angel gets its wings you know it's one of these one of these moments so uh, so we, we appreciate that obviously we have a great rela relationship with uh, with you personally with uh, with your uh, with your company, it didn't happen overnight. Your success didn't happen overnight. So here's what I'm interested in today. Uh, for everybody listening out there, I think they're going to be on the edge of their seats as they hear how your story unfolds over the last 10, 20 years right. uh, and, <laughs> uh, and and how you got to be here. I, I, we, uh, uh, Gib and I had breakfast this morning. I was joking that I wanted to get him on the podcast before his life gets turned into a movie uh, because it's so doggone interesting. But take me back uh, kind of through uh, the eclectic path that took you to where you are today. Well, I've been, I've been uh, given the tag and the name as a serial entrepreneur. Ser okay. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, you're uh, instead of a ser mass serial murder or whatever, no. it's serial aren't you? You're always you're always out there pushing the envelope with yeah. businesses. Okay, I love, like it. Love creativity, love new ideas, and trying to take an idea and making it a reality. And if there's money at the end of it, it's even mm -hmm. more of a benefit. Mm -hmm. But I've done a lot of things over the years. Um, I grew up in New York. And I grew up um, always, you know, from the, whether it be a lemonade stand or anything, okay. I was always on a hustle. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
So in high school, I was a bagel baker just as a, as a job. Okay, that's where the bagel side yeah. comes from. New York. Okay, I'm starting to connect the yeah. dots here. All right. And uh, and I am a, a, a food snob like okay. all good New Yorkers uh-huh. are when it comes to Italian food and bagels and deli and gotcha. things like that. Of course, the pizza. Um, and I did it all. I worked in food quite a bit. And um, and then in my late teens, I got a taste for a, a, a band called the Grateful Dead, which a lot of you know yeah, about. Right. Yeah. Little and known little known band called the Grateful Dead, one of the yeah, biggest bands funny, of all time. I stand up in some of these leaderships and stuff and <laughs> oh, say, yeah, has, I'm like, has anybody ever heard of the Grateful <laughs> Dead? And sometimes it's like less than a quarter of the uh-huh. hands go up. So I guess it dates me, but at the same time, it was a movement that I am proud to be a part of, mm-hmm. and that uh, is your whole wardrobe at home all tie dye. How, how does that work? I've got yeah. some in there. Okay. In fact, I was wearing them this weekend okay. when we were out at the fish show. Yeah. So, uh, but on that Grateful Dead experience, and after I went to the first couple of shows, I started to conduct business on the parking lots. Whether mm-hmm. it be, I started making tie dyes. I started selling bagels. Okay. I started selling beers and waters. And everything I could do to hustle to make money so I could go to the next Grateful Dead show. Wow. And at the time, I didn't realize that I was conducting business. I mm-hmm. got, there's been books written about uh, the marketing secrets of the Grateful Dead, um, the entrepreneurial drive that comes from the Grateful Dead. There's, there's been so many people that have learned how to do what I call real business, which is life business on the lot, the parking lot, I always yeah. refer to as the lot. So anyway, um, coming off of that, and what, I, what what time frame is this? Is this I was in the I mean, late Jerry Garcia 80s. is still, still alive at this point, right? Yeah, so, okay. Garcia was alive late '80s, early '90s, okay. and then then he dies. Mm-hmm. And for those that you don't know, Jerry Garcia was the was the driving force behind the the Grateful Dead. He was the front man, and when he uh, passed, we all didn't know what to do yeah. as wandering souls and people that traveled with this band for years we had to figure out what to do so what it did feels I do? it feels like you remember that scene from forrest gump when he's running and he's running and he's running and then all of a sudden he's he stops running and he turns around and he has all these people that have been following them and they're right. all like well what are we going to do now that you're not running he's like I, I i don't know that kind of feels like that was your moment right you guys were totally. all following jerry and and the grateful dead and well now what now what so I still liked being a Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. and I still liked, uh, you know, traveling the country. Yeah. And I was a big snowboarder and outdoors person, a fisherman, still am. And Colorado was the motherland for snowboarding. Yeah, for sure. So I came out here to spend a few months and had an epiphany with my entrepreneurial eyeball that there was absolutely no bagels in the state Uh of Colorado and there were so many of us New Yorkers here that were transplants um hankering for a good bagel yeah (laughs) I'm like I'm the guy that can bring it so I started the process of trying to open a bagel store which was a lot different than opening a parking lot venue Mm -hmm. uh it took two years but after two years of persistence and trying to get money together and learn about what it takes to not just know how to make a bagel, but to run a business. So you have your own bagel oven. I mean, this is, that's a process. Well, I, yeah, I went in, I was delivering pizza for Domino's. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so I ended up, um, going into their management training program for the sole purpose of learning how to own a, a, a run a restaurant so I could open my bagel shop. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, after getting an SBA loan and, um, Again, two years, I went back to New York. I bought 
all the same equipment that I learned on in New York out on Long Island, put it in a truck, drove it out, and set up the kitchen the same way I had wow. it in New York. I had to put out the real deal. Mm-hmm. I had to make mm-hmm. sure that my money was where my mouth was. You weren't going to get the frozen Costco no, brand no, that no. you had just throw out there. Okay. And so, anyway, we open up Gibbs Bagels. And where? where what, what city are we in in Colorado? Uh, we are in Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. And, uh, Gibbs, Is that a college town? Yes. Okay. Colorado State University. Also the home of Otterbox, oh, yeah. New Belgium Great. Brewery, uh-huh. and Hewlett Packard. There's a lot of good wow. anchor businesses mm-hmm. there. And um, so I get Gibbs New York Bagels open, and it just it, it killed it. Where did the Gibbs name come from? That's been a nickname I've had since I was a little kid with uh-huh. no story behind it. Really? I wished I had wow. something for you. okay. <laughs> but it stuck. I just don't. It stuck. Yeah, all right, you know so- why it stuck? Because I hated it. <laughs> I hated oh, no. it. My, I used to fight my brother when he, <laughs> he'd lay it on me, and teachers would call me that. People called me. And then yeah. when it came to opening the actual bagel store, I was actually going to call it Lock, Stock, and Bagel. Oh, nice. But then someone said, no, call it Gibbs Bagels. Huh. So I called it Gibbs, mm-hmm. and that fl- Gibbs New York Bagel. Okay. And in the meanwhile, I always had other hustles going on. Yeah. I, I heard you say earlier you owned a juice bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I owned Pacific Juice, Gibbs Pacific okay. Juice. Okay. Right. When that trend started, I yeah. tried to jump on that, and I was humbled very quickly. Yes. It was a tough business to have in Colorado, and it was before it's a better its time. idea than it is a business. Yeah. <laughs> so I had the smoothie bars, and I had the Gibbs bagels, and I was just trucking, and it kept growing, and things were happening, and. It was so much more than just a bagel shop. Whatever I did, I threw my heart and life into, mm-hmm. and it was an extension of me. So those, and there is a lot of people in Sport Clips who have been in my bagel stores mm-hmm. that get that feeling of like, this isn't just about a round piece it's of a cul- bread. It's culture. There's something It's a culture. There. Yeah. And How many are yet now? How many stores? There's five. Okay. And I sold them. That's mm-hmm. part of this story. All right. But I, for 15 years strong, I had it. I built it. So we're talking the nine, 90s and early 2000s? Uh, that, yes. That till 2007, I okay. sold it. Okay. Uh, and um, I just, you know, I created all these generations of college students yeah. and, yep. and high school students that, that learned how to get a job and mm-hmm. work and train. And I still get letters and phone calls today from people that are 30, 40 years old that said that the Gibbs experience yeah. was exactly what I just called it, an experience. Yeah. It wasn't just a place to eat. Um, we had parties. We did stuff. We raised money. We supported the town, and the town supported us. And we went into a whole uh, thing about local business as all these bagel stores were coming in, the franchises mm-hmm. like Brugger's and Einstein's, and we, we ran them out of town, mm-hmm. literally. The town ran them out yeah. of town. Yeah, It was awesome. It was that small town. Like, how dare story. you try to, to tread on yeah. our turf? Of we Gibbs, started a movement New York called bagels. Subvert the Corporate Bagel. Yeah. And, uh, and there was an Einstein bagel across the street from mine that literally shut down. Uh-huh. So it was great. Um, and eventually, I just like anything, I got burnt out. Yeah. Food is tough oh, business. Oh, yes. Bagels, you Preach get up it, at brother. 2 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So I got burnt, and uh, I, I decided to sell it. And, and I you put probably, it, did you have young kids at this time? or They were in high school okay. at this time, uh-huh. like just uh, middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. And um, so I put it up for sale, and within three days, a guy walked in who uh, said he wanted to buy it. He never even baked a cookie or worked in a restaurant, but he was sick of being an IT man. 
Uh-huh. And um, so I sold it to him. So your dream became someone else's dream. You're yeah. able to hand that off. And I had to work with him for six months yeah. and show him how to run the business. And I sold it to him, and we became friends over that six months, and we were like-minded individuals. And today, in Gibbs Grooming, that is my partner, who we refer wow. to as Big Smooth. Oh, okay. So Big Smooth nice. now owns the Gibbs Bagels okay. and still owns them and continues to grow them and carry the name proudly. I still act like I own them. Mm-hmm. I walk in, I'll critique the food, <laughs> I yell at the employees, yeah. uh-huh. and, uh, and I make myself at home. But um, as we uh, worked together for months and we got to know each other, we uh, would always throw ideas up on the wall. And we were fishermen, and we're hunters, and we would mm-hmm. fish. And a girl came into the bagel store, one of the, she's today the general manager. She's worked there for 17 years. Wow. Since a high school kid. And she came in, and she had a feather in her hair that her father, who was a fishing buddy of mine, uh, put in there that looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was a feather we used for fly fishing out here in Colorado. And not only did I think it looked cool in her hair, all the customers coming into the bagel store thought it looked cool. Yeah. So as I was, I called it creeping because I mm-hmm. hang out. Like, the guy who graduates high school um, and doesn't know what to do, and he hangs around the high school. Yeah. That was me. I sold my bagel company. Uh-huh. Right. I didn't know what to do, so I still hung around the bagel company. Yeah. Um, I was like, people were making so many comments on her feather in her hair. She started putting it in people's hair in the lobby of the bagel store at 10 bucks a pop. And they cost us a nickel. And so I encouraged her to start a company. Uh My entrepreneurial bells were Uh going up. Uh And she just didn't want to do it. So I bought a domain name, hairfeathers.com, and Googled beauty show, saw that there was a show in my hometown in New York City, and I um I figured hey why not why not go make a road trip out of this and yeah. go see some family members and try to sell try to launch a company yeah, okay. called Hair Feathers and start not in hindsight I didn't realize it but we started a trend yeah and there were With only no experience in the beauty industry none I mean, you you literally had to Google to see if this was beauty even a thing show. yeah yeah because I know trade shows everything's got a trade show yeah hunting fishing boating cars yeah. everything has a trade show. So um, I knew there were only three farmers that could grow these hair feathers nationwide. They're they're actually genetic specialists that grow these very long sheen feathers that could, when we made flies out of them for fishing, when a fish would eat it, it would not fall apart. Well, women, when they put them in their hair, they could blow dry them, curl them, and Ah, they wouldn't come out, leave them there for a month. So I bought They could survive a nuclear, you know, uh, reaction or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I bought everything from those farmers mm-hmm. on a risk. I, I went in, met them, said, how much do you have? They told me. I bought everything they had. Did they think you were joking when you uh, asked for their entire inventory? or They were. They thought I was nuts. <laughs> they thought I was nuts. I thought I was nuts. Uh-huh. I was you just like, got to do it when you're a serial entrepreneur. You just got to go for it. I mean, it's like this. If I only bought a couple and there's only a limited supply and then it worked. Yeah be kicking yourself yeah Mm -hmm. and i wasn't going to do it unless it worked i'm go big or go home Mm -hmm. so we went big we bought everything i invested a lot of money in Mm -hmm. it how many feathers are we talking about thousand millions millions yeah oh man yeah 
Um, we That's sold. Amazing. Uh, well, we we went to the beauty show, yeah. and like you were saying earlier, we had no idea. Right. I went in. I had a duffel bag. I was wearing my jeans, boots, and a shirt. Mm -hmm. I had a duffel bag that was full of the feathers, and I had no booth, no pop-up, <laughs> no marketing material. I just oh, had my feathers. Please tell me you recorded this on uh, video or a I picture or I something. Did. Oh, man. But I didn't because I didn't know what to expect. But yeah. what was cool was when I walked into that beauty show, and this is the truth, I walked into the IBS show, International yeah, Beauty wow. Show in New York. Yeah. Javits Center, the energy, the music, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the artistry. Yeah. I was back on a Grateful Dead parking lot. Okay. All right. So I felt oh, home. Man, that adrenaline kicks in. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. check it out. I'm on beauty tour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the farthest thing from beauty. Mm -hmm. I barely, I, I, I'm a hippie. I barely right. use soap. Right. Let alone own a men's grooming line. Yeah, yeah. So I come in. We launch this thing. So what? Do you have a booth? I mean, how does this work? Or do you just? I have a table. Okay. It comes with a table and uh. two chairs. <laughs> Any signage or anything? We but... took garbage cans, literally the garbage cans from yeah. the loading dock, and flipped them upside down and used them as extra tables. Oh, oh my goodness! And we met stylists that were walking the floor, uh. and I was just hiring them and just saying, "Jump in here and help us." Okay. And they were doing the installs, and me and Smooth. And Frankie Beans, he's another guy who works in our company. Um, we were doing, uh, we were selling, and the girls were doing the installs. Okay. And we just had this thing going. And next thing you know, CNBC was there. Um, all the the new had never channels, seen anything like it. We were the new thing. Wow. Because there was nothing new that year. Mm -hmm. So. And what year? What year was this? This was. Uh, Seven years ago. So what would that make it? Uh, 2011? 2011. Okay. 2010, so, maybe. So pretty recent. All right. And so we walk in. We have all these feathers. We start this movement. Everybody wants the feathers. We get them to go on American Idol with Steven Tyler. Yeah. He puts oh, them yeah. in his hair. Oh, okay. That was where it started? Done. What? Done. <laughs> I mean, our phone, I, I literally would watch on my cell wow. phone our website yeah. and it looked like a dream yeah. as every day we do 20, 30, $40,000 in <laughs> oh sales. Oh my gosh. And it was short lived. Oh, okay. We sold out of feathers. I sold $3 million Wait, worth of feathers. You, you, you bought all the, the feathers, millions, which I didn't, I was really thinking it was like a thousand. So there were millions of them. Yes. And you sold them all out. Sold them all. So that gamble paid off. Yep. Made a but, ton of money. But. And now yeah. I have nothing to sell. <laughs> There's no more feathers. So I get the farmers together because I was getting greedy. Uh -huh. uh, and I felt like this is easy money. Yeah. Um, like the guy who figured out how to bottle water. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that was genius. Right. Here we are drinking a couple ourselves. <laughs> Me and you right now. <laughs> um, so then we have. Um, so I get the farmers together, these three guys. And I say, all right. Let's pool our resources, and we hatched 20,000 roosters. What? Yeah, 20,000 roosters oh to grow an, a huge mountain of feathers, and I was going to be the feather czar of the world. Oh, Lord have mercy. I was known as my friends uh, as Pablo Escafeather, <laughs> and um, I was oh, going to yes, control that, the market. That's great. But they take a year to grow. Oh. This is getting to how I yeah. got a men's grooming line. <laughs> okay, okay. And so after the year, 
and there was no feathers, so the trend died. Right, yeah. I set up at a beauty show with some of that money that I made in a nice booth, mm -hmm. and I spent money on 20,000 roosters. So even though we sold $3 million of feathers, you know, yeah. we reinvested yeah. a lot of yeah. it. And I set up my table, and I was in Long Beach, California. First show of the beauty season. I'm ready to go on Beauty Dead Tour. And yep. uh, and everybody walks by the table like, oh, feathers. Yeah, I remember that. That was cool. <laughs> they just that was kept walking. Cool. Oh, ouch. Big piece of humble pie. Oh, man. But I wanted to stay in my new Grateful yeah. Dead parking lot. Yeah. I wanted to stay in the beauty industry. So I started to dabble with other things. I made hair chalk, which was temporary hair color. Huh. Um, and it, like it sounds, you rub it into somebody. rub it in your hair. Okay. Uh, one of uh, all right. And 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 that for guys, gals, that doesn't mainly matter. girls. Okay. But um, it was uh, it worked. But again, it kept me in the industry. Mm -hmm. It kept me meeting people because I talked to people all the time. So I was meeting a lot of the the people that founded and built this industry. And my friend, his name's Tom. Uh, who I grew up with on, and did a lot of Dead Tour with. He came to one of my shows, and he, he walk, he's he got this big burly beard, and he was walking around the beauty show like Gib. What I did, did feel guilty shaving this morning. I was like, man, I'm going <laughs> to be meeting Gib, and here I am. Shaving, you know, yeah. I know. Jeez, I'm embarrassed. All right, so your guy, he's got a big burly beard. And he, yeah, and he went around and talked to all these hair places, like Moroccan Oil or mm -hmm. Chi or whoever, and said, um, you know, excuse me, do you have beard oil? And they were like, well, um, no, we have oil that you could put in your beard. Mm -hmm. And I used to use Moroccan oil in my beard because okay. it felt good. Have you and always been like kind of cropped or did you have uh, No, I was clean shaven okay. uh, for, for a, a good portion. Like when I was in the food business, mm -hmm. yeah. I, you don't want to have yeah, a beard, yeah. you know. So after that, I kind of liberated myself and grew the beard mm -hmm. out and kind of went mountain man style. Okay. And um, so he said, he, you know, he came back to my booth. I'm trying to sell my chalk. And he says, uh, Gib, this place is crazy. Where'd you get yourself involved? How do you end mm -hmm. up in mm -hmm. places like mm -hmm. this? He, he's doing all, yeah. He's like, I think your next thing should be beard oil because um, no one ever has, no one has that. And it's, it's it's needed and i was like eh it sounds crazy like hair feather right yeah so then we're rallying with my friends and we're all talking about it over the months and the hair chalk's dying i don't want to leave the industry i'm like maybe maybe my friends onto something mm -hmm. so um like the bagels when i opened up the bagels i just opened bagels cuz i knew what what was happening i mean i knew that I, I wanted to have a bagel shop. Yeah. But what was happening was there was actually a bagel boom. Bagel stores started opening everywhere. And I happened to be Adkins in the right Adkins diet place. be damned. Yeah. Right place, right, right. time. Right. So um, I then bring the word hair feather to the beauty industry. And from what I've learned is it's very hard to bring something new to mm -hmm. the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. People keep recreating for shampoos, recreating yeah. conditioners, recreate. Yeah. They're recreating, making a better mousetrap. But to yeah. bring a brand new product to the beauty industry is very hard to do. Especially as an outsider. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you Googled 
this trade show and yeah. everything. It's not like you had credentials that you went and everybody, oh, we know who that is. Come on in and introduce your new product to us. Right. But so you're you're literally you know breaking ceiling glass ceilings here and getting into an industry that it's very tough to break into with new products. You've done it once before, uh-huh. and so now that's given you a little what experience or momentum to to possibly do it again. It gave me people. It gave okay. me relationships. Okay. Uh-huh. It gave me uh, people that have helped me build this company. So mm-hmm. that's like the next part of this journey is I'm like, all right, well. I use Moroccan oil. My friend Tom is right. Where there is no product called beard oil yeah. in professional beauty. Mm-hmm. So I sat down with one of my mentors that I met along the way. His name was Mike Nave. He owned a periodical called the Beauty Industry Report. Okay. And uh, he'd been in the industry since he was 16. He is 82 years old wow. now. Wow. So he has seen everything. Yeah. And I sat down with him in Vegas, and I got him a little drunk. And mm-hmm. I told him... Uh, uh, I said, listen, I have this idea, and I don't want you to laugh at me, but I want to know how I can, I don't know how to put it in a bottle mm. and get it on the shelf. I don't know how to formulate it and fragrance it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about FDA. And, all. Uh-huh. and so I told him the idea. He's like, I don't think that's funny. I think it's brilliant. Wow. He's like, and this is who you're going to talk to. And he gave me the name of a woman named Donna Federici. She created Big Sexy Hair. Oh. In the 90s with okay. Michael O'Rourke. Okay. And um, So she knew a thing or two. She's created uh, a lot of incredible yeah. brands. She's done incredible things in the beauty industry. I call her Oz. All right. A lot of The only people that know her are the people that have worked with her, but mm-hmm. the general public doesn't. She doesn't like to be known that way. Uh-huh. She's brilliant Behind at what the she scenes, does. Making yes. things happen. So that Those whole swag and, and vibe that you get from our brand on a shelf and our booths and our people – She's been the, the mind behind it. Wow. And her mind works so well that the day that I met her, she, well, let me back up a second. So, okay. so I meet with Mike. He says to go meet Donna Federici, yep. make, this, uh, make this contact. Here's a manufacturer that can formulate. And at this point, you, you didn't even have anything to show. You had an idea, right? I was making potions at, okay. in, in my garage. <laughs> like a, with a witch's brew, you know, yeah, in, a, mean, in a, there was, a kettle pot. I just knew that I liked argon oil because that was what Moroccan oil yeah. was. But then I, you know, read about other essential oils and mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. and started to make my own blends. But Donna's a master at fragrances, really, and, and the marketing aspect. So I call her up. She's like, who told you to call me? Uh-huh. And How'd what, you get this number? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? And I told her I wouldn't tell her over the phone. She had to meet me. She didn't really want to meet me. She was probably she At was this just, point, is she retired from the industry? Kind of, okay. Yeah, yeah, she's got a foot out of the, out yeah. the door. She lives on her compound down in Arizona, mm-hmm. happily ever after. Yeah. Um, but I, I did get her to meet with me. And we went. To, I flew to Arizona. She met me at a hotel. And me and Big Smooth. And um, we spent about six minutes talking about beard oil and about four hours talking about this journey that I've just been sharing with everybody. And she said, listen, I don't know if she exactly said it this way, but it was more like, I don't think you could afford me. (laughs) And I am, you know, getting to the end of my rope with the beauty industry. But this is intriguing. And I've never done anything in men's. Oh. And I love 
that you're not from the beauty industry. Oh, wow. That was <laughs> very now. refreshing to yeah. her. Because as a consultant, which she is, people hire her and then tell her what they want to do. <laughs> yes. And it gets frustrating. So it was like an unspoken rule that she would then work with us. But and she's pretty much calling the shots in terms of... I say what goes. Yeah. The day you push back, <laughs> it's the day I'm gone. You know why? Because you've never built a brand. Right. Wow. And I was like, I'm humble. Yeah, and you've already been humble from a number of experiences in life. Yeah. So now you're able to, to accept this advice and you're in a position to totally. handle this. So she folds... Uh, she, we, we, we start working together. Hmm. And we, um, she said, I'll work with you for three months and we'll get this product called beard oil out on the uh -huh. shelf. So um, long story short, we got it out. We, we were trying to get... Was it really three months or did she give you a little longer? It, it took about longer? three months to formulate it and do our first batch, but we, we couldn't settle on one fragrance. That's why our first beard oils are three. There's the three colors, the red, uh -huh. the blue, and yep. the yellow. And um, they're all the same. So those same. are the originals. Those are the original. Wow. All right. And I remember when I got them from her, she sent them in the mail, and I looked at them because I had this vision of like cobalt blue bottles and mm -hmm. glass. Oh yeah, and, like the ones like the skulls. Yeah, one. or like yeah. you know, um, you know, fancy. Uh huh. And these three short yeah, little plastic pumped. bottles yeah. come in, and I I know I'm not allowed to say anything. Uh -huh. And I'm like, yeah, you don't uh, want to risk that or walking away. And uh, so I was like, wow. Um, and in the back of my mind, I was like, this isn't what I pictured, but I know that she's the one. Yeah. She's calling the shots. So in an indirect way, I was just kind of like, oh, this is like, how'd you pick this? Uh -huh. She said, don't you see? It's like, it's you. It's simple. <laughs> it's hmm. Is that flattering or is yeah. that? She's okay. like, it's clunky. <laughs> It's out of the box. Wow. And you're not a tin soldier on the shelf hmm. like all these other brands that line up and yes. match. Yeah. You are not from the beauty industry. And this brand, because it's going to be bigger than beard oil, Gib, she said it, hmm. is going to be who you are in a brand with products behind it. And that is what we're going for here. So we go down to uh, Premier Orlando to launch... Yeah this whole thing after in 2012 is it we're at 18 yeah we're 18 now so how many years oh it's probably 2013 okay all right and uh, and so I I went to a barber event before that just to let the barbers try it out and they fell in love with it mm -hmm. they fell in love with how it felt on the hair yeah. and stuff and I instantly had like credibility with the barbers and, and they, and I went to the show with all my wacky friends, this barber event. And so they, they meshed in and it became this whole, like, again, we're not part of their culture. Right. We're not barbers, but we can throw down yeah. and we made our mark on that event. And everybody's like, oh man, mm -hmm. those they're guys, the event. Yeah. they're out of their mind. Yeah. And, um, and it was Went fun to something. Yeah. Yeah. And we went to, uh. So we went to Premier Orlando, and Donna was there, and the people from the industry knew that Donna is rolling something out new. And so people were finding the There's booth. a buzz. Not so much for my beard oil, but yeah. let's see what Donna yeah. did. Mm -hmm. And then Donna would introduce me to some of the best manufacturers' reps, uh, the people from Cosmoprof. It's like Shark Tank. You know, that's what it feels like, it, huh? It, yeah. was, it was crazy. Yeah. 
uh, every big distributor knows her, came by, oh, Donna, great to see you, hug, kiss. She'd be like, I want you to meet the owner. This is Gib. And, and then she would disappear and leave me with them. Mm -hmm. And I just stepped collecting cards, and everybody's like, well, we'd love to carry your line. We'd love to carry your line. And I turned to Donna at the end of the second day of the show. I said, what do I do? What do I tell all the people? She said, just be the king at the prom, take everybody's business card, and we'll figure out what we're going to do after this. Huh. Let's just make sure we have something. So long story short, we decided to make a commitment with uh, Cosmoprof, right. who is uh, yeah. uh, got a division called DBE, mm -hmm. who services sport clips. Yep. And um, we decided to make an exclusive approach and give Cosmoprof. Wow. So you had all these coming at you. Yeah. And you decided we're going to narrow it down to one organization. The biggest. Yeah. The best. If we can make it there, we can make it anywhere, uh -huh. like Sinatra says, yep. you know? Uh, yeah, in New York, boy. <laughs> in New yeah. York. Um, if we, you know, we're either going to succeed or fail very quickly because mm -hmm. they promised us 1,200 stores across the country. Yeah, at that time. Yeah. Their DBE division, which was all of you guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, plus they had 600 salespeople on the street knocking on doors. Wow. So um, I had to raise a lot of money at that point quickly to fill the pipeline. Yep. Now, and how many? I mean, how much inventory did you have on hand at this point? Oh, like, I don't know. Handfuls. $30,000 yeah, worth. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to raise, uh, like, 500000 Right. From the do... guy who used to have millions of feathers to yeah. only show up at this big show with $30,000 of inventory, right? You know? Well, you know, you I didn't want to get little... stuck with a I bunch know, of beer. Yeah, well. Been there, done that. Because so. you know what? I still have mountains of feathers because that <laughs> those, trend. Those damn roosters. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so if anybody wants any feathers. Um... <laughs> Airfeather.com. <laughs> you still have the website? No. Oh, never no. mind. We closed it down. Um, but we have... Uh, so... We went out there with them, and we started to hear that infamous buzz that people said, like, what is this stuff? Mm -hmm. Wow, we have never seen one SKU yep. do so much so quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and the president uh, or the, uh, the head of sales from Sport Clips, I mean from Sport Clips, from Cosmoprof, mm -hmm. called us in and said, uh, Gib, we want to talk to you. Like the bagel thing, I didn't know bagels were blowing up right he's like men's grooming is blowing yeah. up right now and i didn't make beard oil because i wanted to get in on a trend mm -hmm. i made beard oil because i wanted to do it yeah and there happened to be a men's grooming trend blowing up and he said and when we do these trade shows and see your booth with all your friends and your barbers and everything and the music and everybody's partying the people from the other brands are hanging out in your yes. booth yeah you have a brand you have beard oil but you have more than that. You have some of the best barbers in the world working with you. Yep. You have Donna Federici in the chair, who's created Sheesh. some of the best brands in the room. If you, this industry has some big brands, but they're tired. They're not going away, but there's nothing new. Yeah. And we need a new men's grooming line. If you want to build a line with Donna at the helm, your <laughs> barbers. That was the catch, right? With, with, the, with, the, with the product development. Yeah. And you, with your brand, I think that you could be very successful. Mm -hmm. And we'll give you all the shelf space you want in all our stores. Wow. So I then had to go raise a million dollars. Okay. And we started developing products yeah. under the, the Gibbs brand. Meanwhile, the DBE division of Cosmoprof 
introduced me to Lori Huddleston uh-huh. at Sport Clips. Yeah. And that Shout was a hard meeting. Yeah. I mean, they they told me, uh, April McCoy and Jenny Bear, who mm-hmm. are the, the top of yep. the DDE yep. thing there. Um, I kept calling them like, when's the Sport Clips meeting? When's yeah. They're like, it takes time. Yeah. And not just anybody seeing Lori and getting through Lori. So you, exactly. you, you, you now know that. So. But I didn't know that. Yeah. I now know <laughs> that. But I had this Grateful Dead theory. Right. Like, I don't, even if I don't have a ticket, I still go to the show. Up. Yeah. And I'm going in mm-hmm. somehow or another. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pop a door. I'm going to jump over a so, turnstile. So, so I'm you, going did, to did, the did, show. Did you just uh, camp out in Georgetown, Texas? Wait, Almost. What? Almost. <laughs> no, they finally got me my meeting with Lori. Okay. And we went in and, uh, and we showed and we presented. And then, uh, Mark Carterick was president yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. and he really dug what he saw. And Mark, since then, has become a friend of mine as well, yeah. and a part of my mentor and sounding board as far as how to and what to and what not to do mm-hmm. in, in building a brand. And, uh, and between them, they believed in what we had, and they said, let's give this beard oil thing a shot. And... Um, it was incredible. We came into Sport Clips, and the same thing happened. It wasn't just about the beard oil. It was about the brand. Yep. And anywhere I went, I remember I went to my first leadership, uh, and Johnny Weber was the <laughs> area Johnny. developer yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous to give the, the presentation because uh-huh. um, I'd never presented yeah. like that. And everybody just made me feel so comfortable and i'm kind of doing what i'm doing now i just i didn't do anything but just tell my story and uh and he he made me feel comfortable the stylist made me feel comfortable everybody no one was on their cell phones everybody was listening yeah everybody was all in um and then johnny snuck under the table and stuck his iphone onto a cable or whatever and started piping in like as i was finishing up grateful dead music which, <laughs> which made me feel good yeah you're and, home. Uh, yeah and then at the end um everybody wanted to take their picture with me oh, and yeah, that, man. and i was like this is really cool yeah. and i was off to the races mm-hmm. sport clips as a company any product that we were coming out with just like cosmoprof of course we go through the proper channels of get it to lori run it in the test stores but we were um, we had uh, we were ready to go with sport clips, and then I had this problem, and it was ca- I called it the math doesn't work, hmm. and the math doesn't work means even though every sport clip store li- might like us and like our brand, they don't have the spot in their store yeah. to yeah. put the product yeah. because Paul Mitchell and American right. Crew everybody has their spot, yep. and. No one's going to throw that away to bring me in. Mm-hmm. So I, I crashed in on Mark Carterick one day, and I'm like, what are we going to do here? Because everybody loves it, but nobody's really buying that much. Yeah. And we came up with an idea of the tailgate, which at the time was a magazine rack. This was oh, a couple yeah. of years ago. Okay. So me and Mark said, let's have a contest and tell everybody to get rid of the magazines because nobody reads magazines anymore, yep. and let's make that a little shrine to Gibbs products. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a contest who sets up the best tailgate, and that will get your stuff in the stores. 
and then we'll allow all the other brands to rotate through and everybody can get a shot at the tailgate. Wow. I don't even know if that's happening today. Well, but In terms of the rotation? Yeah. I'm not sure because most of the ones I see are still Gibbs products. Correct. Because yeah. I think it's the, it's the team leader's choice yeah. of how they want to set their tailgate. But that opened up the doors. And that brought in not only just our beard oils and our soaps and our beard balms and our hair products, texture sprays and pomades. And yep. um, it also helped establish us as a brand. And not for nothing, whenever I go to leadership or whenever I'm talking to area developers and even team leaders, I say, you know, I like them. They're cool. And we have fun. Mm -hmm. But they don't grow my brand. <laughs> yes. They're stylists yes, still. Yeah. And they're stylists. stylists and the managers. And the managers. Yeah. They love us. Well, and that's why they wanted their picture with you when they're selfie. Not just because you're a celebrity, but um, they get a they get a commission on this stuff. So, of course, they want to sell the product and all that. And you help and lead this. You're helping them. So correct. Uh, yeah, this is it's a great a great relationship. And you can see when they get behind something and they believe in mm -hmm. it. I mean, the the momentum grew geometrically. I mean, it was just like. Boom, we just started blowing up. And uh, I mean, all of the contests that we were having and just the support, all of a sudden, you know, people were getting tattoos of my logo <laughs> on them. Yeah. I'm swearing, uh, unbelievable, uh -huh. you know, like our skull. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it just was like. Well, it is required to be a stylist at Sport Clips. You you really do have to have a tattoo. So why not have one? And I'm just kidding. Isn't that but, ironic? Yeah, yeah. Because we went from no tattoos to. Yeah, I know. yeah I, most of them do. But, yeah. <laughs> and um, the stylist made us. Yeah. Anywhere me or my crew went, we were welcomed, not just to be listened to, not just to get product, but to be taken out, having fun. Uh, going out for drinks, having w well, chicken wings, all of it. We're, we're recording this podcast, for those that are listening, in uh, Denver, Colorado, you being from Fort Collins. And I gave a heads up to some of the stores that we might be stopping by. And, you know, I stop by stores and say, yeah, whatever, all right, Chad's coming. But the fact that you're going to be there, I mean, I know they're all getting ready. You know, their makeup's going to be a, a little extra today, and uh, they're going to have even more energy <laughs> when we walk in because they're all going to want to do selfies and Snapchats and all that kind of stuff. So just just uh, what you're saying is true. They, are, they, they, they have helped, obviously, make your brand, but they're excited by it. And, yeah. Um, and, and, and by your personality and by what, you're, what you guys stand for. I, I, I want to do this. Because uh, I know we're running out of time here, I want to respect your time. You do something pretty cool with uh, with Help a Hero, mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, something a, a really cool perk for uh, for the manager or a couple managers of stores that that really promote uh, that scholarship program with Gibbs Beard Oil and products and stuff. Can you can you walk with with Help a Hero now coming up in a couple weeks? Um, October, November time frame. Can you can you give me a rundown on what exactly it is that you guys do in terms of, uh, of uh, an experience for the managers? Yeah, well, through uh, we've always I've always been a big supporter of, of the military and law enforcement, mm -hmm. and so that's it was a natural fit that Gordon has um, done this incredible thing for Help a Hero, and 
we, uh, through the help of DBE, have put together what was a fun con uh, concept and, and contest for uh, all, all stores across the country. Whoever sells the most gives during the Help a Hero Month, which mm -hmm. this year was uh, April. Yep. And um, that we would pick the top dozen people and that they could basically come and share a couple days in the life of, of where we live. Mm -hmm. um, nothing fancy but not not fancy, right. and make it a real, and I under, underline the word real, a real good time, yeah. um, genuine good time. So are we talking whitewater rafting, camping, yep. all the, you know, s'mores? I mean, what are We've we? done it two years in a row, okay. and uh, first year we came to Fort Collins uh, with everybody, and we showed them a time out at a brewery tour. We went and threw a party at, a, at, a, at Big Smooth's house, and then oh, we cool. went whitewater rafting, and then we went out on a lake in party boats, and everybody, you know, had some food and beers, and we uh, just I had a good time. I assume bagels were on the menu. At we some went point. to Gibbs Bagels because okay, right. yeah. coincidentally, the original Gibbs Bagels shares an outdoor patio with a sport clips. Oh, what a isn't world. that funny? That's awesome. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so we were out there, um, and we had bagel breakfast one day, and then this year we brought it up to the mountains to Breckenridge, and uh, and it was we got this huge house. It was a 22 bedroom house. Oh my So like word. a big family. And my buddy Tom, who's a chef and who also works at the bagel stores, yeah. came up and cooked for everybody, all the meals. Oh, wow. And we just used that as a hangout central place. All the stylists came in, a couple people from DBE and and a couple people from corporate, and we just tore it up. We went whitewater rafting, um, cooked amazing meals drank beers, rock climbed, and just wow. had a great experience where we got to meet the people that have been putting us on the map yeah. on, on another level. And, I mean, everything that we've done, whether it be with Help a Hero or whether it be in your huddles or in your leaderships, everything in Sport Clips has nurtured and fortified this company that has made it solid. And we do business all over the world. Mm -hmm. But Sport Clips is, is the backbone of of Gibbs success and I'll, I'll always be the first to say that I mean the stylists and the managers of this company have done an incredible job of building my brand yeah with us and it's been a group effort um, everybody has really made it an incredible thing I, I, I can't say thanks well enough. I, and the fact that you drove from Fort Collins to Denver you put your you had a uh, you and I were talking about your busy weekend that you had leading up uh, to uh, to this interview. Uh, it speaks volumes about how you feel about Sport Clips. So I, I, I thank you for being here. I, I do want to say if you do this uh, Breckenridge or this trip again next year, you said some people from headquarters support team were there. I'm just wondering <laughs> if there's a spot for the director of marketing. Um, anyways, I'm just going to float that out there. Um, I'm saying most definitely. Oh, okay, I, well, think, I was going to put you on the spot, but I was going to edit would this. You be an asset. Okay, I, mean, I was going to edit this podcast to insert <laughs> you saying yes at some other point to uh, to that question. So, anyways, we'll have that on record now. So, okay, it's uh, on the record. Cool. Okay, can I? I always like to wrap up these fun podcasts with ten questions. Okay, ten random questions. I've been asking you follow up questions to a lot of stuff. I'm going to not ask follow up questions to these. So whatever you say goes. All okay. right. So, uh, number one, these are silly, by the way, most of them. Which superpower would you most like to have? Um, I'd like to fly. You'd like to fly? Yeah. 
<laughs> you fly fishermen would like to fly. Okay. What is your, well, that, with all the feathers that you've got, you could fly. Anyways, yeah. uh, number two, what is your personal motto? Um, my personal motto yeah. is, uh, well, I have a few of them. You know, we've had, uh, every year we come out with a new one for the company. Okay. Live free, look good, no mm-hmm. apologies, no regrets with a little message behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite ones is no apologies, no regrets. And it's not cocky. It's just like if you're true to yourself and yeah. true to the people you work with, you'll never have a reason to have to apologize, and therefore you don't have the regrets. Yeah. So oh, good. I, like I dig it. that one. Other than where you live now, mm-hmm. which is beautiful, uh, where else in the world would you most like to live? In the world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh I would like to live on an island. Okay. So, <laughs> down, so you can fish. Down, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a little place that, that I know that I would hide. Okay, all right. So an island that nobody else knows about. It's yours. It's hard to get okay, there. Okay, okay. All right, we'll leave that a mystery. It's off the coast of Venezuela. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so that? we'll Google Earth that. If we ever can't find you. <laughs> well, you can't we'll make s- it through Caracas okay. now. It's too dangerous. We'll send, the, uh, we'll send the satellites looking for you. Number four, who is a celebrity you'd most like to meet one day? Oh, that I'd like to meet. That you haven't already. Um, a celebrity that I would like to meet would probably be, um, wow, that's tough. I'm a big movie guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to meet Jack Nicholson. What? I was going to guess that for some reason. Holy moly. Were you really? Yes, I yeah. was. He's I don't one know of my why. favorites. <laughs> I mean, right you from his like early work. You seem like the guy work, would love him. An yes. easy rider right through The Shining. Uh, and everything he's done has been incredible. Wow. I love Jack. Okay, well, my only thing is if we put this out in the universe and you ever do get to meet him, you got to get me his autograph. Okay. Right? So anyway, yeah. so when that happens. Uh, now, which words or phrases do you most overuse? Um, cool. Cool. All right. We'll check the transcript to see how many right. times you said in this yeah, one. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, what <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? What's the? I, I love the ocean. Okay. Yeah. Waves. Yeah. The ocean. And you're in this landlocked state that's of color. I'm saying. I was just telling you. I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna I, I gotta be. A, I'm you, a fisherman. Yeah. I need to be on the water. Yeah. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, sirens. Hmm. Okay. What profession, other than your own, would you have been good at or at least have wanted to try? Now, that's a generic question I ask. I think you've tried everything. But was there I've something that you thought, man, I should have, I maybe could have done this? or? Um, no, because most anything I said that, I did it. Yeah. I really did. I, so, yeah, I think that's, uh, I'm that's an acceptable fulfilled. answer. This serial entrepreneur has done it all. Uh, what do you consider your greatest achievement? My greatest achievement, like in business or life? Uh, you, you tell me. There's, it's just a question mark after the word achievement. That I parented two boys All that right. are awesome. Cool. Yeah. And they turned out good. What are their names? Because I was not too good as a kid. Nah. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're parents, good. You, you made my it My parents now. were like, it's payback time. But, yeah. You know, they Let's never give them a shout out. Who, uh, my older son, Quint, who's living okay. in Bozeman, Montana. Okay. And my younger son, Jacob. And right. he's right down in Boulder, going to see you, Boulder. You looked out the window as though you could see him. You know, yeah. Here we're in Denver. You're looking I out. I just had like... a great weekend with him. I was reflecting. You know, We had a great okay. time for Labor Day weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, last question. If heaven indeed exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? See, I told you. <laughs>
<laughs> awesome. Hey, I've had the most fun. Uh, I was supposed to have a fun 35 minutes. I've had a fun 50 minutes, but was that's it what five happened. Zero? Yes, I'm telling you. I, we just uh, had we had too, too much. much. No, you give me the, what are you the fingers about? across no the way. throat? No way. I'd be in trouble <laughs> if I cut any of this out. So uh, we're going to go visit some stores, you and okay. I, surprise some people. And uh, I've got some, some stuff to give them. But uh, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you. Oh, it's been awesome. My and pleasure. Everybody else, we look forward for you tuning in to the next episode of the Sport Clips Hall of Fame podcast.